For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, How to Be the Bride of Messiah. This is part four of the series. So, the way that we become members of the family of Yeshua, and the way that we have eternal life, is He saves us by grace through faith. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8, For by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. And this is also stated in Romans chapter 3, verse 28. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith, saved by grace through faith, without having righteousness based upon your own independent merit and behaviors, without the deeds of the Torah. So both Jew and non-Jew are saved by grace through faith. Romans chapter 3, verses 29 and 30. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles only. Seeing it is one God who will justify the circumcision by faith, that's the Jews, and the uncircumcision through faith, that's the non-Jews. So now given that we're saved by grace through faith, are we then to not follow the Torah? Because it's a common teaching in traditional Christianity that after we're saved by grace through faith, that when Yeshua died on the tree, he nailed the law to the cross and we're not to follow the Torah as an expression of faith in him after we're saved by grace through faith. But Paul asked and he answered that same issue in Romans chapter 3 verse 31. Paul asked the question, do we, that is Jew and non-Jew, do we make void, that means to do away with, do we do away with the Torah because we've been saved by grace through faith? And so traditional Christianity says that Paul taught that the answer to that question that he himself asks in Romans chapter 3 verse 31 traditional Christianity says that the answer to that question of Paul is we are to make void the Torah but that's not how Paul answered his own question he said God forbid we that we as Jew and non-Jew we establish the Torah Paul taught that Messiah is the goal by which the Torah aims in Romans chapter 10 verse 4 but the King James reads Messiah is the end of the Torah. And so this word end, it's been taught that this is Paul's teaching that Messiah did away with following the Torah. But this word end is the Strong's number 5056 in the Strong's Greek Dictionary. And it's the Greek word telos. And telos means the goal, aim, target, or purpose. And so Messiah is the goal, aim, purpose of which the Torah points you to. How is that so? Because 
the Torah was given to the nation of Israel as a covenant. And if you break any part of the covenant, you've broken the entire covenant. And every person from Adam sins. And so therefore, we are breakers of the covenant. And the covenant says that if you break the covenant, you're under a curse. And part of that curse is death. And so once we break the covenant, we have a problem. And so what's the solution to our problem? It's Messiah. And so the Torah points you to the need for the Messiah because we cannot save ourselves. And so a disciple of Yeshua will walk as he walked. First John chapter 2, verse 6. He that says he abides in him, he that says he's a believer in Yeshua as the Messiah ought himself to walk. That means to live our lives as he walked. And see, in traditional Christianity, we like the idea that Yeshua did it, so I don't. And so Yeshua, in doing the will of God, he had to go through sufferings and afflictions and persecutions. And so we don't want to go through sufferings and afflictions and persecutions. But he who abides in him walks as he walked. And that's why Paul prayed that I might know him and the fellowship of his sufferings and the power of his resurrection. So if we're walk as Yeshua walked, how did Yeshua walk? Yeshua kept the Sabbath. Luke chapter 4 verse 16. It says he came to Nazareth and where he had been brought up and as his custom was, which means he did it on a regular basis, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. Yeshua kept Passover even unto the last day of his life. In Luke chapter 22 verse 15, he said to his disciples, with desire have I desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Yeshua spiritually is our our Passover lamb. First Corinthians in chapter 5 verse 7. For Messiah, our Passover is sacrificed for us. So Paul saw that the goal of his life is to walk as Yeshua walked. And he taught others since his goal is to walk in Yeshua's footsteps, to walk as he walked, that he told others to follow after him as he's following after the Messiah. First Corinthians chapter 11 verse 1. Be followers of me even as I am a follower of the Messiah. So if we're going to follow after Paul as he's seeking to follow after the Messiah, Paul kept the written Torah, even as Yeshua kept the written Torah. Paul testified in Acts chapter 24, verse 10 and verse 14. Then Paul answered, But this I confess unto you, so worship I the God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the Torah. So Yeshua kept the Sabbath, Paul kept the Sabbath. We can see this as he's traveling from city to city, particularly in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 17 verse 1. They came to Thessalonica where was a synagogue of the Jews. In Paul as is his custom which means just like Yeshua, it was his custom. It's Paul's custom which means he did it on a regular basis. He went in unto them and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the scriptures. In other words, he stayed there three weeks and fellowship on the Sabbath days. Paul kept Pentecost, or the Feast of Shabbat. Acts chapter 20, verse 16, Paul determined to be at Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, Paul wrote, As you have therefore received Messiah Yeshua the Lord, so walk in him. Now, it's the Holy Spirit that reveals that Yeshua is the Messiah. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3, at the 
end of the verse that no one can say that Yeshua is Lord or Yahweh except by the Holy Spirit. And so Paul endeavored to keep the written Torah through the help and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. That's why he said in Romans chapter 7 verse 22, I delight in the Torah of God after the inward man. So Paul says, follow after me as I follow Messiah. So how did Paul follow after Messiah? He kept the Sabbath. And Paul, he kept Pentecost. He kept the biblical festivals. And so he sought to follow the Torah through the help of the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So loving the God of Israel is following his Torah. 1 John chapter 5, verses 2 and 3. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not grievous. They're not to our detriment. That's why Yeshua said, if you love me, keep my commandments. If Yeshua saved you by grace through faith, and you are a babe in Messiah, a child in Messiah, now if you really love him for what he's done for you, you will follow his Torah. You will keep his commandments, not in your own wisdom and knowledge and understanding, not in your own ability, but through the help and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Because Yeshua gave the Torah at Mount Sinai. James chapter 4 verse 12. There's one lawgiver who is able to save. And who is our Savior? We're told in Matthew in chapter 1 verse 21. You will call his name Yeshua or salvation because he will save his people from their sins. So how are we to follow the Torah of Yeshua? How do we love him and keep his commandments? We take his written word which Yeshua the lawgiver gave to us at Mount Sinai and that Torah is to be written upon our heart and we're to do the will of God, have the Torah written upon our hearts through the help and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, which is lived out and fulfilled and accomplished in the new covenant. And so if we're to walk as Yeshua walked, and given that Yeshua lived his life to do the will of his heavenly Father on earth, we also, because we have been bought with a price, as Paul taught in 1 Corinthians in chapter 6, verse 20, you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. So we're to live our lives on this earth, endeavoring to do the will of God in our lives. And we're to thus dedicate our lives to the kingdom of God, for the purposes of the kingdom of God, to give glory to God and to bear fruit for him and his kingdom. And so then we have to lay down our lives to do his will, to serve his kingdom and to serve others. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. If we take that back to Hebraic Torah understanding, a living sacrifice is a burnt offering. And a burnt offering was to be freely and joyfully given, and it was to be completely burnt. So we are to freely and joyfully give our lives unto the God of Israel for his service and the service of his kingdom. If we freely and joyfully give our lives, that's what a bond servant does. And we're to completely dedicate our lives to him. And that is a burnt offering that's completely consumed. That is because in Yeshua's kingdom, we are called to be laborers in his kingdom for the benefit of his kingdom. First Corinthians chapter three, verse nine, we are laborers together with God. Our body is the temple 
temple of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Know ye not that you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you. So we're not to defile this temple. How does it get defiled? By being in the flesh, walking in the flesh. How do we defile it? By thinking according to the world, the world's ways, and the world's system, having a carnal mind and not following the Torah. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, whose temple you are. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20, we've been bought with a price. How have we been bought? By the blood of Yeshua. He's bought our lives. And what does he want us to do with our lives? Since he's bought our lives, he wants to use our lives to and for the benefit of service to his kingdom and to serve others in the name of Yeshua. So we serve for the purpose of not drawing attention to ourselves to receive our own glory, but we serve to give glory to God. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 31, that according as it is written, he that glories, let him glory in the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, whether we eat, whether we drink, or whatever we do, do it all for the glory of God. And so a disciple of Yeshua that's seeking to grow and walk in spiritual maturity is not going to be bogged down by the cares of this world, but his mind and his heart is to seek first the kingdom of God. Matthew chapter 6 in verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So the disciple of Yeshua will make following Yeshua and his kingdom his number one and primary goal in his life. Matthew chapter 10 verses 37 and 38. He that loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And Yeshua taught that he that loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that takes not his cross and follows after me is not worthy of me. So Whatever is challenging you, whatever obstacle that is in your way to keep you from putting Yeshua and his kingdom first in your life, you're supposed to not allow that to happen and seek to remove those obstacles. So Yeshua taught in Luke chapter 14, verse 33, that whosoever be of you that does not forsake all or makes a total and 100% commitment to Yeshua, to his kingdom, to benefit his kingdom, to bring fruit to his kingdom, he cannot be my disciple. It's the cares of this world that causes a disciple to be unfruitful for Yeshua and his kingdom, causes you to remain a spiritual babe or a child in Messiah. Yeshua taught in Mark chapter 4 verse 14 this parable that the sower sows the word. Mark chapter 4 verse 18, these are they which are sown among thorns. They hear the word, but the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things, they enter into our hearts and our minds, and they choke the word so that his word becomes unfruitful. But a disciple of Yeshua will bear fruit for his kingdom. John chapter 15 verse 5 and verse 8, Yeshua said, I am the vine, you are the branches, and without me you can do nothing. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. And so if the cares of this world 
chokes the word and causes it to be unfruitful and to be a disciple of Yeshua, we're to bear much fruit. That means we're to seek first his kingdom and to dedicate our lives unto his kingdom in the service of his kingdom, to bear fruit for his kingdom so that God the Father will be glorified. And so ultimately, as we walk and grow into spiritual maturity, there's a Greek word that communicates the highest level of life that you can have. It's the Greek word Zoe. And Zoe means the best of life, the zenith of life. And Yeshua came to give us that life. But that life is in him, in his kingdom, not in the things of this world and the cares of this world. John chapter 10, verse 10, Yeshua said, I came that they might have life. It's the Greek word Zoe, the Strong's number 2222. I came that, that they might have Zoe, the best that life has to bring and to have it more abundantly. And so knowing that it's just not saved or not saved as Christianity likes to portray faith in Yeshua, that being saved is the beginning of your walk in Yeshua, that you're to make him not only Savior, but Lord of your life. And when you initially get saved by grace through faith, you're just a babe or a child in his kingdom. And by dedicating your heart, your life, and your mind to his kingdom as you seek to hear the word of God and the word of God, the Torah is written upon your heart and you allow yourself and you submit yourself to the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, that enables you to grow into spiritual maturity. And so you can be a believer that's a babe or a child and spiritually immature, or you can be a believer in Yeshua and spiritually mature. And so Paul saw that the goal was to come to the knowledge of God, to the measure of the stature of Messiah, which is spiritual maturity. And realizing that that's the goal is that a student is to be like his master and to walk in his footsteps. We have the rich young ruler in Matthew chapter 19 verse 16 which comes to Yeshua and says what must I do to have eternal life? So because Christians often view the Bible as saved or not saved, they've interpreted that the rich young ruler was seeking an understanding about how to be saved. But what he's asking here in the Greek is, what do I have to do to have Zoe, which is the best that God has to offer you? And so Yeshua then says in Matthew chapter 19, verse 17, he said to him, if you want to have Zoe, keep my commandments. And so the way to have the best of life that Yeshua has for you, it begins by following the Torah or the commandments of God. And so the rich young ruler says, which? And Yeshua said, you shall do no murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. In other words, if you want to have the best of life that Yeshua has for you, if you want to grow into spiritual maturity, spiritual maturity is properly treating other people. And murder, committing adultery, stealing and bearing false witness are characteristics of the flesh. And so you're to walk in the spirit, you're to walk in love, and so spiritual maturity is properly treating other people the right way. And so that's why Yeshua said to the rich young ruler in Matthew chapter 19, verse 19, to honor your father and mother and to love your neighbor as yourself. So that's 
the path to arrive at spiritual maturity. And so in order that you would understand that while if you break any of the commandments of the Torah, you've broken the Torah, not every Torah commandment has equal weight. Yeshua was asked in Matthew chapter 22, verse 36, what is the greatest commandment in the Torah? And Yeshua said, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. That's the first or the greatest commandment. So if that's the greatest commandment, there's other commandments that are lower than that. And Yeshua added, the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. So Yeshua was instructing the rich young ruler to love your neighbor as yourself, but is he going to love the Lord as God with all of his heart, mind, soul, and strength? And so the rich young ruler asked Yeshua in Matthew chapter 19, verse 20, I've done those things. Is there anything that I'm lacking? And then Yeshua replied in Matthew chapter 19, verse 21, if you will be perfect, and this word perfect is the Strong's number 54. The Greek word teleos in the Strong's Greek Dictionary, that means spiritually mature. Now, if you want to be spiritually mature, go and sell that which you have or the cares of this world, the obstacles that are in this world that's keeping you from putting Yeshua's kingdom and to dedicate your heart and your life to his kingdom, anything that's keeping you from doing that, go sell it and come and follow me. And then Yeshua taught that the path to spiritual maturity that you're going to experience trials, tribulations, persecutions, and sufferings. So in Matthew chapter 7, verse 14, Yeshua taught, straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leads to Zoe, the best of life that Yeshua can offer you. And few find Zoe. So this verse has been interpreted that broad is the way, that's the unbeliever, and narrow is the way, that's the believer. And that there's more unbelievers than believers. But no, that's not what Yeshua is teaching here. The word narrow is the Greek word philebo. It's the Strong's number 2346 in the Strong's Greek Dictionary. And this is the only place in the New Testament where the Greek word philebo is translated as narrow. It's also translated as to suffer tribulation. And in the dictionary it says that philebo means, and it's a metaphor for trials, tribulations, persecutions, and distress. So in order to get to the highest place that there is in God's kingdom, that the path to get there is to suffer trials, tribulations, persecutions, and afflictions. And because the flesh doesn't like trials, tribulations, persecutions, and afflictions, the flesh will want to flee from those things. But to overcome the trials, tribulations, persecutions, and afflictions, and still do the will of God in your life, that is the way that you are spiritually mature and arrive at spiritual maturity. So Yeshua taught that it's those who forsake the things of this world and all the things of this world that will rule over all and who have the characteristic of spiritual maturity. In Matthew chapter 19, verses 27-28, it is written, Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all. That which a rich young ruler wasn't willing to do to have Zoe, the best of life that Yeshua has to offer us, that the disciples did forsake all. And so Peter asked, What will we have? And the answer that Yeshua 
Yeshua gives is not, oh, you'll be saved and like everybody else, you'll spend eternity with me in heaven. No, the answer that Yeshua gives, those who are spiritually mature, those who endeavor to be his bondservant, who dedicates their life to the service of the Lord's kingdom, to bear fruit for his kingdom, to do the will of God in your life. Yeshua said that I say unto you, you that have followed me, who have forsaken all, that in the regeneration when the Son of Man will sit on the throne of his glory, that you will sit upon the twelve thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. In other words, you will rule and reign with me. So this is going to conclude our teaching. Well, that's going to conclude part four of the series on the subject, How to Be the Bride of Messiah. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.